Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. your presence and your ears uh, and welcome to Friday edition of the News Roundtable. Good morning, my name's Quaid and I'm joined in studio by Steve Bull, pressing the button, sliding the pots, uh, answering the phones and uh, Scott Hardy uh, joining us as well. Coming up on the back half of today's show, we're going to be moving into an interesting area as we careen towards uh, fiscal year budget 2021. Uh, Governor Pritzker keeps talking about the federal government, and the federal government is uh, in the process of uh, distributing CARES Act money uh, across the country. Uh, But as the state pushes more towards its budgets, it's going to have to cut some spending somewhere. Uh, Illinois' fiscal problems are already legendary, and uh, without as much revenue coming in, and with uh, tax deadlines pushed back, how are we going to move forward budgetarily uh, into fiscal year 2021? Adam Schuster from uh, Illinois Policy has a couple of ideas, not on behalf of government, but on behalf of taxpayers. So I'll share uh, those with you coming up on the back half of today's show. First things first, though, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. Illinois' 18th District Congressman says help is on the way soon for residents and small businesses in western Illinois affected economically by the pandemic. Congressman Darren LaHood appearing yesterday on WTAD's News Roundtable says about $400 billion has been allotted to the Small Business Administration as a result of the Phase 3 stimulus bill passed by Congress last week. They'll then offer that money to small businesses. What we've tried to do is give them forgivable loans uh, or grants that help to pay for their employees for the next 8 to 10 weeks. They can also use this money to pay utilities. They can use the money to pay their mortgage or their rent or their lease to get through this period of time. So an influx of cash to to small and medium-sized businesses to get them through this period of time. Another $500 billion is being paid directly to you and I with people earning under $75,000 a year getting a $1,200 check. So an average family of four uh, is going to get about $3,400 because you get $500 for each child. Those checks will be cut in the next 10 days to two weeks here. will be deposited uh, if you have a bank account. Uh, it'll be a deposit in your bank account electronically, or you'll get a check for that. Bill also provides payments to hospitals, especially facilities in small towns, for the costs associated with the pandemic. You can hear the full interview with Congressman Darren LaHood in the podcast section of WTAD.com. In what's likely to be the last bit of good news about unemployment for months, rates for February fell in both Quincy and Adams County. The Illinois Department of Employment Security says Thursday that in February, unemployment in Quincy fell six-tenths to 2.7 percent. In Adams County, it fell a half percent to 2.8 percent. Both figures are over a percentage point lower than last year. 
Rate for the Quincy Hannibal job market also fell a half percent to 3.1 percent. Rates in other western Illinois counties also fell in February by anywhere from three-tenths in Brown County to nine-tenths of a percent in Schuyler County. IDES says that while February's numbers went down, it continues to get a, quote, unprecedented number of unemployment claims as a result of COVID-19, end quote. February rates for both Hannibal and Marion County fell by four-tenths of a percent. Most other northeast Missouri counties also saw rates fall, led by Pike County's eight-tenths drop. Shelby County's rate stayed unchanged, while Knox County's rate rose by nine-tenths to 4.9 percent. In southeast Iowa, Lee County's rate fell seven-tenths to 4.2 percent, unchanged from last year. Quincy Park District says roads to all parks will be open by today and that parks will stay open even as most features in those parks remain closed. That's according to a statement posted on the Park District's website Thursday. It says that all park roads will be open by today and that the Art Keller Marina will be staffed from 6.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. weekdays, but there won't be fuel sales. Park District says facilities such as Westview Golf Course, the Batting Cage, and park restrooms, playgrounds, shelters, and athletic fields will stay closed through April 30th. Park District also says that basketball, pickleball, tennis, and sand volleyball courts will stay open, but you are urged to use social distancing if you use them. In addition, spring youth soccer, competitive and Park District youth baseball, and the outdoor fitness boot camp are all postponed April 30th. The Q-Town baseball tournaments for this month have been canceled. Quincy police are asking residents not to hold any garage or estate sales because of the pandemic. Deputy Chief Shannon Pilkington sent out a statement Thursday saying those sales should not be held due to Governor Pritzker's stay-at-home order. Pilkington says, first and foremost, those activities don't allow for social distancing, which can increase the spread of the virus. In addition, he added that attending or holding a garage or estate sale is not an essential activity and is a violation under Governor Pritzker's executive order. He adds that noncompliance of the order can result in citations being issued, but Pilkington says... QPD's goal isn't to issue citations, but to get voluntary compliance from residents. Several more Northeast Missouri school districts say they now will stay closed through May 1st. The Palmyra, Monroe City, Lewis County, C1, and Clark County school districts have all announced they'll stay closed through May 1st. They all plan to restart face-to-face classes May 4th. Palmyra also says its prom is postponed until further notice. All schools say the continued closure also affects before- and after-school programs, athletic and extracurricular practices and competitions and all weekend events. Three-vehicle crash snarled traffic yesterday afternoon at 64th and Broadway. Adams County deputies say that at around 3.30, 49-year-old Angela Clark of Fowler was eastbound on Broadway when she rammed her van into the rear of a pickup driven by 79-year-old Charles Cox of Quincy. He'd slowed to turn off Broadway onto a private drive. The impact pushed, the, uh, pushed Cox's pickup across the four lanes into oncoming traffic, where it then hit a third car driven by 19-year-old Kristen Grieving of Quincy. Grieving and Cox were both seriously injured and rushed to Blessing Hospital. Clark was unhurt but was arrested for failure to reduce speed. And two Quincyans are hospitalized and three other Quincyans are accused of beating them and another person with metal poles last night. The victims are only identified as a 44-year-old woman and a 43-year-old man who were taken to Blessing Hospital with what was described as non-life-threatening injuries. Police say they were called around 9.50 to the 800 block of North 6 where they found three people. They said that three others had entered the home and beat them with metal poles. The third person didn't want medical help. A report says the QPD were able to arrest two of the suspects within 20 minutes near 9th and Main. They're identified as 47-year-old Shaka Carraway and 23-year-old D'Artagnan Toussaint. Police say they later found and arrested the third suspect, 40-year-old Jason Carraway. All three are in the Adams County Jail and may face Class X charges of mob action and armed violence as well as aggravated battery. 
that could be in court today. Police say the victims and suspects knew each other and that their investigation continues. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media, including Twitter and Facebook. All right. Uh, thank you very much, mm-hmm. sir. It's uh, 10.15. We'll take a time out. And when we come back, uh, as the 2021 fiscal year budget looms, uh, what can be done uh, for the state or for the taxpaying voters of the state? Adam Schuster has opinions about that. We'll share those coming up next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable. Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Uh, we are in unprecedented times. You hear a lot of uh, talk about that. And it's it's not an unfair statement to make. Uh, in conversations with my octogenarian mother in the morning, she regularly says, this stuff never happened before in my life. And I'm like, well, that goes well, for all of us, Mom. Well, actually, if you look at the 1918 flu pandemic, it kind she of She wasn't did. around for that. True. She That's... wasn't around. and Because I, I brought that up, Mom. This has happened before. She, but I wasn't alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. <laughs> Un unprecedented. Even even my uh, just turned one hundred year old uh, great aunt has no memory of the well, the yeah. uh, Spanish flu from one hundred to two three years ago. So uh, this unprecedented times, and I and I'm saying to that because that's how Mom Quaid sounds, at least to me early. Uh, say, what happened to your drawl? I don't. I, my draw? I don't have a draw. I know However, I can fake it uh, if I need to. If I happen to be making fun of somebody, I do have that uh, level of, of draw skill, <laughs> yes. Uh, these unprecedented times are going to be interesting. Remember last week when we asked uh, Senator Cindy O'Loughlin about the upcoming budget? And uh, her, I believe her response, help me out to remember here, Scott, was, uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, along those, I, uh, I'm quoting her, but it was a bunch of consonants and vowels jammed together that uh, equaled a. a, a, a uh, it was a proper Bro- Brooklyn kvetching, is what it was. <laughs> um, so, uh, Missouri, obviously not the only state uh, whose uh, people who are responsible for the budget are making those noises as we move towards budget times of the year and citywide. Don't think that this is just a state thing. When the city is putting its budget together for next year, it's looking at a, a big uh, example of X. There's algebra involved here, and you're going to have to solve for unknown. And that's a tough thing to solve for when you're doing uh, a budget. Now, there are people who will tell you, look, there are going to be things that pop up. Homeowners out there will tell you every day, things are going to come up that you're not prepared for. Well, uh, uh, people who uh, teach you how to manage your money will say this is why you have an emergency fund. We don't have uh, that particularly. Part of the mayor's plan was to uh, bolster the rainy day fund, and the governor was talking about you know, bolstering the state's rainy day fund, but 
we're in unprecedented times. The money has already been spent. So what do you do? Governor Pritzker, uh, in his daily updates about uh, COVID-19, uh, continues to point towards the federal government and be disappointed. Uh, he's essentially come to the realization that uh, government per- perhaps isn't uh, the answer, well, sort of. Uh, that's 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 me peering into his uh, comments about federal government failure yesterday as an optimist. Uh, what he more likely meant was the president is bad and he doesn't like the way he's handling it. Uh, but as the budget for 2021 uh, keeps approaching, uh, Illinois... Uh, looking at having to scale back a lot of spending. Uh, the money, it just isn't going to be there. This is, this is not what a Democrat supermajority uh, is used to doing. Uh, and I would try and think, historically, they might sound a whole lot like my mom. We've never had to do this before. This is unprecedented. Never in my lifetime. I don't know that that's 100% the case. I haven't done that uh, history uh, checking on it. 2009? For the whole budget got scaled back that year? Well, I'm trying to remember it. Well, I don't know about that, but I mean, it's like bad economic times have not been... Economically, that happened that after ago. the budget was, because that was fall, even though it did begin in the in the summertime, but the budget was put together before that, and I'm not sure that it was put together with the idea that there were going to be problems moving forward. It's, we're in an interesting uh, fulcrum. Uh, do we spring forward from summertime into the fall as this hopefully potentially winds down or do we look for an extended shutdown which would i think uh be more damaging to the state budget on both sides uh of the river uh it is an interesting situation that states and cities uh find themselves in for uh budgetary purposes in jumps adam schuster uh, regular uh, contributor here at the News Roundtable and uh, works at Illinois Policy. He has a piece up that you can find at WTAD.com under the Illinois Policy section. It's the uh, top uh, article. Uh, and the headline is, to fight COVID-19 economic harm, Illinois must delay or cancel taxes and fees where possible. This idea is a complete 180 from what we saw uh, last year, with the increase of fees and taxes and fines on several areas uh, to mainly bolster infrastructure here in the state. But we're in a different position now than we were uh, back then. Uh, Schuster says the economic fallout from the coronavirus uh, will bring forward challenge, uh, many challenges uh, for individuals like, you know, paying rent, making payroll, uh, paying your bills. Uh, he points out that workers are already being laid off uh, and have faced severe reductions uh, in hours. He says, well, Illinois' worst in the nation budget health limits our ability to use state aid to offset those costs. He says perhaps we should change how we're approaching this. So he says specifically, Illinois should, one, order a delay in the collection of business property taxes until at least October 1, helping companies keep workers on the payroll while the economy is shut down. Um, if you did that, could, you, could, you, could the state tell those companies you can't use this, this reduction in these taxes to do something else? You have to keep these employees on that's an interesting 
uh, thing to put into place. And I would think that Governor Pritzker would have to talk with a bunch of business leaders about that and having that be a stipulation. Perhaps there would be businesses that would feel free to go along with that. I, I, I'm not sure what that would look at as a, a statewide edict. But Schuster also says that uh, the state should expand the city of Chicago's fine and penalty relief policy statewide and broaden the scope, uh, lifting government demands off of workers facing uh, major new financial challenges. And what he's referencing is that Chicago Mayor Lightfoot, uh, back in March, announced that the city of Chicago would stop collection activity and penalty growth until April 30th for existing tickets, utility bills, and they uh, halted booting, towing, and impounding unless it was related to public safety. Uh, Schuster says that the governor can make use of his emergency powers to clarify uh, that uh, all activity related to issuing non-safety citations, debt collection, and the assessment of penalties is not an essential governmental function. Um, and he gives uh, an example in the governor's executive order 8. Uh, Schuster says issuing tickets, collecting debt, and assessing penalties for violations not related to public safety does not, in this situation in these unprecedented times, provide for or support the health, safety, and welfare uh, of the public. So uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, there are things that we look for during Governor Pritzker's daily updates on COVID-19, uh, specific types of numbers uh, we're still waiting for. But talk about the budget moving forward is something that I would find interesting uh, for the governor to weigh in on. Schuster says the uh, fallout, the economic fallout from the coronavirus requires bold and urgent action from policymakers. Uh, I don't believe we've had any emergency session of legislators in Springfield since this all began. In fact, they've canceled sessions in Springfield uh, instead. Uh, Schuster says while the federal government has taken significant action already, he points out that the state's current state and local response is where there have been inefficiencies. Uh, he says most economic assistance is going to come from the federal government. We heard Representative Darren LaHood yesterday on the show and during the news portion of the uh, front part of the show talk about that uh, money will be coming into uh, the district, the area that uh, he is representative of, in the coming weeks through the CARES Act. Uh, and one of the areas that we kind of led into yesterday was, well, what comes after that? Because if we are extended lockdown and people cannot continue to get paid or continue to get laid off, there is infirmity with the uh, the uh, whole uh, situation of the economy. The money is not moving around the way it's designed to. Um as we've seen, there are cities who have implemented uh, small business loans. Quincy has done that. Chicago's done that. There's lots of cities who have done that around the state. Schuster says Illinois needs to go further, though, and a deferment of $6 billion in business property taxes would provide far more relief than existing measures for companies looking to preserve jobs and put the state in its best position to regain economic losses whenever, whenever the recovery begins. Uh, he says the, sh the state should also avoid policy choices that counteract 
the stimulus and threaten to derail the recovery, such as the $3.7 billion progressive income tax hike. There are some theories out there about that tax hike, which we're going to vote on in November, at least as of right now. Uh, could the governor uh, do something about that? There are some things that could be done. Uh, in those regards, is he going to continue to pitch the progressive graduated fair tax or is he going to hold back on that until we get around budget time and a more firm plan can be put in place? Stay tuned. That is the Friday edition of the News Roundtable. Again, if you want to check out uh, Adam Schuster's full piece, it is very thorough, uh, as usual, per uh, Adam Schuster, Schusterian in its uh, length and thoroughness. Uh, and it is waiting for you at WTAD.com. Just scroll down to the Illinois policy section. It is, hang on, let me refresh here. Uh, at the beginning of the show, it was the top article up at the, uh, yes, it is still uh, the top article up under the Illinois policy section at WTAD.com. That is the Friday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in Monday morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene Monday morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.